Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Ozil is in here. Beautiful goal. Walcott. What a goal. It's been flicked in by Alexis Sanchez. A quality goal from the Gunners. Hello and welcome to the first Arsenal Weekly Podcast of the off-season. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Today we'll hear from the legendary actor Sir Ian McKellen during his visit to Emirates Stadium. We'll also kick off, though, an extended interview with Squadron Mustafa. Centre-half Squadron Mustafi's enjoyed a fine debut season with the Gunners after signing from Valencia last summer. Here's our extended interview with the German international on his footballing journey. Well, my, um, my grandfather came uh, to Germany um, for work from Albania. Um, my dad was born there as well in Albania, but he came to Germany when he was only four. So he, yeah, he grew up in Germany and then um, me, my brother and all of my cousins in my generation, we, um, we, all, we all were born in, in, in Germany and we grew up in Germany. We went to school in Germany, so um, yeah, we... We kind of um, yeah, had two mother languages. We had the German language that we grew up with and we had the um, Albanian language um, that we, we had in, in the family, you know. So, um, yeah, it was not always um, easy, you know, when you come from a different country, especially for, for my grandfather and for my father, um, to get work, um, speak the language. I mean, everyone knows that it's not it's not easy to to learn languages and then especially when you are in need when you need to get work and everything um it is it is quite difficult but they managed to do it good and um, i'm really really thankful that i i could grow up with opportunities that for example my dad or my grandfather never had you know for for me it was always like i, I used to cry and i remember like one game when i when i used to play um, for my hometown, we were losing six nil, and I was crying on the pitch. So my dad took me off, and uh, he went with me in the change room, and he said, "Okay, if you want to play, you can play. You have to learn to lose as well. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to let you play crying because um, it's not it's not enough it's not it's not fair to the other players that you're screaming at them. And but I was just so angry, and uh, I, I hated l- losing so much. So. Yeah, um, I, I remember that one because from 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 that day, I learned. Uh, yeah, I learned to um, to handle uh, defeats as well. But um, I remember that after that, even when when I was losing uh, the next game, um, yeah, I was pretending that I have pain 
I was still crying, but I was not crying because I had pain. I was still crying because I was angry, but I couldn't tell my dad because <laughs> he, he would have gone mad at me. So, um, yeah, I remember that. So I've been always, always uh, passionate about football. I love, I love the sport and um, I, love, uh, I love winning and I hate losing. And um, that's, that's what, what makes me so passionate. I was, I, was only, I was only nine at that time. Um, yeah, and then my dad yeah, told to me to try and, well, not be professional, but um, yeah, you, you, have to, you have to learn, live with defeat mm. and um, live with, uh, with um, yeah, games that you, that you win. But he said, I remember that, that he said, like, um, yeah, you're not, you're not going to learn how nice it is to win until you feel how uh, bad it is to lose. So, yeah, at that time, I was like, no, what is he telling me, you know? But uh, as, I, as I grew up, I, I understand what, what he wanted to tell me. Like, I started as a striker, and then um, I signed for Hamburg when I was only 14, as a striker still. But then, um, yeah, I, I changed it. Well, the coach told me to change the position, and I, I, I played in front, of the, in front of the back four. And then, um, yeah, I got called for the German national team under 15, and there I was playing as a centre-half. And then uh, when I came back to my club, they said, well, if you play in the national team centre-half, we want you to play centre-half as well. Um, yeah, so I became a centre-half. And since I'm 15, I played always as a centre-half. The thing is that for me, it was uh, always like, obviously, I had the opportunity. I, I came from a small, yeah, more or less, it, it is a town, but it's small like a village. So, um, yeah, for me, it was the opportunity to play for a professional club like Hamburg. Um, I didn't ask questions. So if the coach told me to play centre-half, I play centre-half. If he told me to play right-back, I would play right-back. So, um, yeah, I, I just tried to help the team. I tried to give my best and, and, and tried to take uh, the opportunity that, that they gave me. I remember when I decided to sign for Everton, um, everyone in Germany was like, oh, are you sure? There are a lot of German players who went over and uh, never made it, so are you sure about that? I said, yeah, I, I don't care too much about uh, decisions that someone else made. I want just to like, make my decision and, uh, and go for it. And I had this opportunity. I always wanted to play in the Premier League because I think uh, even back at that time it was the best league. Uh, in Europe, so um, I wanted. It was my dream to play there. And then when I had the opportunity to, um, to sign for a club which plays in Premier League, um, and it was Everton. And at that time, I, I remember that they brought a lot of young, young players from the academy through, like Jack Rodwell, Jose Baxter, and, and um, I thought, okay, I, I try. I go there and and I, and I try my best to to get uh, into the first team and to play. I knew that it's not going to be easy because I knew that my parents are not going to come with me. I mean, I left home when I was 14. I went to Hamburg to the, to the academy. I was living with the other boys that came from all over Germany, but uh, still without parents, without the friends that you had, without my brother, without my cousins and my family that has, has always been around me. Um, so it was, that was difficult. But then moving to a, another, uh, to a different country with only 17, with a different language, with different culture, um, I knew that it's going to be difficult, but um, I knew that, um, yeah, I'm not someone that um, don't want to take the risk, you know. I, if I see the, um, 
if I take a um, uh, opportunity, uh, like if I have an opportunity, I try to take the opportunity. And if I know that um, it's not going to come again and again and again because it's football, most of the times you have one opportunity. Maybe if you're lucky twice, you have two opportunities, but uh, not more. So I, I knew that that's my opportunity and I have to take it. And I was at that time when I was at Everton, it was really frustrating because I was there, I was playing. Um, yeah, the, the coaches were happy with me, but I was not playing. So I was like, why? What's going on? Like, why? Everyone is talking good, but I'm not playing. So there has to be something that I don't understand. And then you get told to be patient and patient, but it's not that easy because, you know, as I said, you're only 17, 18 years old. You don't think about those things. So... Um, it was a frustrating time, but um, yeah, I knew that I, have, I had to be patient. There was nothing else left, so yeah, I tried to be patient. I was at Everton, um, and um, we were talking about if I stay at Everton or if I leave. And um, yeah, I said no, I have I have to go because um, it was yeah. It seems like the way is is not my way at Everton is not going to continue and I'm not going to get the opportunity that I need um, to play. Um, but then, even if you want to change club, I never played. I only played, uh, well, reserve football um, and uh, in the national team and the youth teams. So it was difficult to get uh, clubs that, that wanted me. Um, and then when, when I had the opportunity to go to Italy, to Sampdoria, it was a risky one because um, it was one from the prim from a Premier League club to a second division in Italy, and um, I was really worried about it. But I said, "Well, I have to I have to take a step back and try and make uh, two steps forward." Um, but I know that uh, it was not easy because I had a lot of friends which I played together who went a step back and then went another step back and another step back. So I knew it's going to be difficult, but um, I had to take the risk again to, to go again to a different country, again a different language, again a different culture, uh, again different people around me, um, again different football, um, and, try and try and take the opportunity that uh, Sampdoria gave me. It helped me a lot to... Well, I started, it started really frustrating again because I went to Sampdoria um, they were in the second division at the time when I went to them because I went in the winter. I went in, in January. Um, and uh, yeah, they w we were 10th at that time. Um, so it looked really difficult because they, they, they dropped to the second di division, but the same year they wanted to go up again, you know. So um, yeah, it looked a bit difficult to, to uh, get again to the, to the first division. Um, at the time when I went there, we were 10th and um, I didn't play. And I was game after game after game where I was not playing and I was not understanding what people were telling me because I didn't, I didn't understand the language. Um, well, I still were training, uh, training good. Everyone was talking good. Everyone was saying, yeah, you have to be patient again. It was everything about patient. I was like, no, I don't want to be patient here as well again now. Um, but um, yeah, they said, that um, it is a really difficult time, the club, um, and they don't want to, like, I can't remember the word, we, we don't want to burn you. Like, we don't want you to come in uh, without confidence because you haven't played, you haven't been playing, um, you don't know the language, you're not used to the Italian football, 
making a mistake because um, yeah, the people in Italy are quite difficult. You know, when you make a mistake and you end the second, you dropped the the, the team dropped to the second division. So they said you have to be patient again. And at at that time, I was still thinking, oh, that's excuses again. You know, why is everyone telling me I have to be patient? And um, yeah, but at that um, first six months, I never played. We did well though as a team. Um, we went again to the as uh, sixth on the table. We went up because in Italy the first two go up straight away from the, the third place to the sixth. They play the playoffs, so we uh, um, yeah we did well to come from the sixth place to go up to the first division. Um, and then even the next year when we started the season, I was not playing regularly. I was playing sometimes when I had the opportunity, but I was thankful for that because I got my opportunity to play and I think I played 18 games or 17 games that year. And then the year after, uh, finally, I got uh, yeah my, my place and I, I was playing every game. I think I played 34 games, nearly all my games. I scored one goal and um, yeah, that gave me the opportunity to, to maybe get the place in the, in the national team. I got a call just a few months before the uh, World Cup to go and play against... Um, we had a game against Chile, a friendly game with uh, Germany. That was the first time I was in the squad, so I was really, really excited, you know. Um, but uh, still people, you know, like friends and family, they were saying, hey, you know what, I'm smelling a bit the opportunity to you going to the World Cup. And I was like, what are you saying? It's in three months and it was the first time that I went with the national team and I didn't even play, you know, I was on the bench. I, I did the training session, but I never played. So, um, yeah, I said, no, no way. I, I never thought about it, you know. But then uh, the next game, again, I, I, I got called. I played that game and, um, yeah, and then um, suddenly I was in the 30-man uh, squad just before we went to the World Cup. But then there we had, um, yeah, like a, um, a small training training camp where we had like a week or two weeks, I think, we, we did training before we went to Brazil. Um, and after that, I, did, I never got called for the 23, for the last 23. But for me, it was still, I achieved more that I wanted, you know, because uh, my goal was at the beginning of the season to get my place as a centre-half and play most of the games uh, for, for Sampdoria. But then I got called on the national team. I went to the last 30 uh, for, for the, to make the squad for Brazil. So I said to me, OK, it's no time to be disappointed. It's difficult because if you are so close and you don't go, it's really disappointed. But um, I said, no, I have to think positive and think that I achieved more that I wanted and then try and, try and go uh, for, the, for the next season again play a good season to again make make the squad for the national team but then yeah unfortunately Marco Royce um, got injured in the last game just before they went to the to Brazil um, I saw that game and I was um, after he got injured I was hoping obviously that um how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That he's fine, but then in the next day I read in the newspapers that he's not going to make it and um, that Germany is going to call someone else. And I was, I was not thinking that it's going to be me because he, he's an offensive player. So I think there's no way um, because there were a few offensive players that were left out of the of the last uh, 23 as well. So I thought, okay, maybe one of them's going to get the opportunity now to go to go back with the team. But then I got a call. I was in the car. I got a call. Uh, I missed the first one, um, and then um, the um, assistant coach called me, and uh, I didn't miss that one. So I uh, talked to him, and he said, "Yeah, um, you have to you have to be quick because we're waiting for you in Frankfurt at the airport." And I was like. Why? Like, yeah, Mark Royce is injured, and um, the the coach wants you to to make the to make the squad and to come with us to Brazil. And I was like, okay. I didn't ask many more questions. I said, okay. I went home, packed my bags, and then I went straight to the to the airport. I couldn't realize it because it was um, uh, the only thing I was I was uh, listening is like a friend of my dad. Um, they are friends for a lot of years, um, and. Um, he used to tell me when the World Cup 2010 was, he used to tell me, yeah, listen, you're going to make 2014. But it was like four years away. So I was like, what is he talking about? I'm not even playing at Everton. I'm a reserve player. And he was always like, yeah, remember that. You're going to play 2014. So at that day, I remember I was packing my bags and he just jumped into my room and I said, listen, I told you four years ago you're going to make it. And I was like, yeah, I know, I remember. But I never, to be honest, I never believed that I'm gonna make it, but yeah, now um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. But then, as well, I went there and, and I was thinking, okay, so uh, we are 23. Obviously, I'm I'm uh, in the squad now, but it's gonna be difficult to get a game, you know. And and then, even then, it's difficult because you are sitting there and you, and you try to help the team, but not playing is always difficult. Even 
even though you know, okay, you just made it, so you have to be patient again. It's all about patience, but um, it's difficult. So I was saying, okay, I know that I'm going to go, but I'm going to try my best, um, train hard, and then see uh, if I maybe get an opportunity. But then in the first game, um, I came in um, for Hummels, who went off injured. The, the second game I played, uh, then in the, in, um, two games later, I played from the from the beginning. So it was yeah, it was so strange because from not being in the squad, mm. being the first substitution, playing the second game, playing again a game, and I was like, what's going on? You know, it was so unbelievable for me because it was the first game in the World Cup was my first. Well, I played one game before, but mm. we played only with the young people because the coach wanted to see all the young players. So I, um, it was my first proper game for, for Germany and it was in the World Cup and it was against Portugal and I was like, whoa, what's going on? And so it was really, really strange um, and I was really, really excited. But um, yeah, and then in the end we won the World Cup, so it was, it was a brilliant story. I saw that, that there's an opportunity to go again the next step um, but not trying to skip too many steps, you know. I didn't want to go to the biggest club asking for me, but I was trying to go to the next, the next step um, where I'm going to get the opportunity to play again. Because what I, I what I didn't want to do is going to a big club and not playing and then dropping again. So I tried after I made my step backwards from Everton, I tried to go step forwards, but small steps. I didn't want to go big steps and go back steps. Uh, so I tried to to go step after step, and so when I when I got the call from from Valencia, that they're saying that um, yeah they're looking for a centre half, they're missing a centre half. Um, they signed Otamendi just before before I uh, before I went there. So um, yeah, they said they want someone to partner Otamendi in, uh, as a centre half. Obviously, it's not uh, a gift. You're not gonna go there and you you have your place safe. But I saw that there's. There's a hole um, which which I could which I could fill. So, yeah, I tried. Um, I talked to them. It, everything sound sounds good. The people um, at that time who were the sporting director, they were brilliant as a person, but even as a footballer because it was Ayala and Rufete who both played for Valencia, um, and I could feel that they really wanted me. So um, yeah, I made the decision to go to Valencia. To be honest, at the beginning it was like, no, I'm done with England because it was really frustrating um, and uh, as I said, it was probably the, the, the worst time that I had um, as a football player. Um, the people were absolutely fine. It's just as a footballer, if you go to a club and you're not playing, you know, you leave your country to go to a different country and you're not playing, it's really disappointing. And um, no one tells you why, you know, that was the, the other thing, because if someone tells you, listen, you're not good enough, you know, okay, I have to work on myself, but at least you know something. But everything seemed like, yeah, everything is fine, I'm good and everything, but I'm not playing. So I was done at that time with England. I said, no, uh, England is just not, not, my, not my country. Not, not, I don't want to go there again. But then after I played for Valencia, I realized that I, uh, after when I went to Sampdoria, I realized that... Um, I was still interested in looking the games and looking the results in England, and um, yeah, I, I started to think, okay, probably I could imagine going back to England. And then, uh, obviously, when I went to when I um, went to Valencia, 
Um, the first year was brilliant, and the second year we were struggling a bit. And when it came down to making again a decision to stay or to leave, I was thinking, well, to be honest, now if I leave Valencia, probably I would just leave it if I have the opportunity to go to, go to England. And um, yeah, I was thankful that I that I had again the opportunity to to make a, again a step forward and coming to to Arsenal. For the rest of my life, I don't want to be patient anymore. <laughs> and it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, who can hit him? It's up for grabs now. On June the 20th, 1995, Dennis Bergkamp arrived at Highbury. After failing to score in his opening six games, he broke his duck with a double against Southampton that September. And he's raced on past Richard Hall. Right going to the near post. Bergkamp! There it is at long, long last in his seventh Premiership game. And now he's in seventh heaven. Bergkamp. He's got within range, and now he most certainly has found the range in Arsenal's colours. Splendid goal, and Arsenal are back in front. Bergkamp would go on to mesmerise and delight Gunners fans over the next 11 years with moments of magic like that goal against Newcastle in 2002. Perez, Wilco makes a run ahead of him. Bergkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Bergkamp! Magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Dennis would finish his illustrious Arsenal career with 120 goals in 423 appearances, winning three Premier League titles and four FA Cups. And he's been immortalised with a statue outside the Emirates. So Ian McKellen is one of the most recognisable actors in the world. He visited Emirates Stadium with his family last season to raise awareness to the charity very close to his heart. So Ian, welcome to Emirates Stadium. Your Thank first... You. I'm a local. I, I don't live far away, but I've never been thrilled to bits. It's your first football experience since 1955. What do you remember about that one? Well, the, my team lost. It was Bolton Wanderers and they were playing away. So it was the, you call it the second team or the yeah. reserves. Yeah, reserves. They lost... And I was so disheartened I never went back. But, I mean, <laughs> up there, uh, there was plenty of rugby league and cricket. They, they, they were my big spectator sports. But somehow, I don't know, so many of my friends are mad about uh, football, and uh, including my nephew and his son here. So I said last time, I said, shouldn't we, won't you take me to a match? And they picked this one, because they're Arsenal supporters. So I am, certainly for the day. How does the experience here compare to the one back at Burnden Park? <laughs> uh, there were more people at Burnden Park than there are here <laughs> at the moment. Uh, it, was, it, it was very homely. Uh, in the middle of a small town, there, there, there was the pitch, you know, and so people walked to it from home, uh, and the, the, the streets were, were, were crowded, but... Uh, Bolton had had a, a long and glorious history, and Nat Lofthouse 
had I been lucky, would, would have been playing for the first eleven. But <laughs> I didn't see him. I did meet him later on, nice man. Because the big thing in those days was that the teams were local. And, uh, and when I was living in Wigan and went to rugby league, the captain of Wigan uh, Rugby League Club's son was in my class at school. They were all minors, you know, semi-professionals. Soccer, I'm not quite sure what the, whether they were semi-professionals. Would you know in the 1950s, would they be professional? professional. Yeah. And the, but they'd be local. Yeah, but take, I, I, and paid very little. And, take, and paid very... the bus to the stadium. Yeah, yes, probably. Not, probably not, uh, not like having a quick fag before they ran on. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, obviously, huge difference now. But that all happened because of TV, didn't it? And suddenly there was money. As a, as, a, as a legend of the stage and the screen, you can appreciate the theatre that sport brings. I certainly brings. can. And entre nous, I think I've come here as much to see the audience as, as, and hear them as, 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 the, as the players, but uh, I'm sure I'll get caught up. It's just this offside rule. I've never quite... <laughs> I know what it is. I can see it on paper, but what baffles me is when I'm watching a game at home and someone else says, oh, way offside. And I think, what, who are you looking at? <laughs> But I gather you've got special uh, Hawkeyes now to sort that out, have you? We have linesmen who hopefully will do their job. Also, you have two experts with you. Now, These two, yes. now I, I know you're from Lancashire, yeah. but we, we, we'd like to claim you as an Arsenal fan. So you I'm going to move to Harry and Stephen. First of all, why are you two Arsenal fans? OK, I was an Arsenal fan from Charlie George, 1971. <laughs> that was really a, all the kids in my playground. We picked Arsenal and Liverpool. I picked Arsenal and that was it from there. So... Then when I was younger, we lived. I lived in Colchester. We used to, I used to get the train to come and watch matches. So I went to Highbury a lot. And then I live in the north now. So I, you know, I only get to three or four games a season. So. And Harry, how about yourself? Who are your favourite players, and why Arsenal for you? Um, Arsenal because my dad supports Arsenal, and I want to. And um, my favourite player is Alexis Sanchez because um, I think he's really good. And my favourite goal from him is um, in the FA Cup final against Aston Villa. Yeah, smashed it. wonderful, wonderful goal. What would you say to your great uncle to make him an Arsenal fan? Um, <laughs> um, we should watch a lot of games because he lives There we places. are. Watch the games. That's the point, isn't it? Well, this is a good start because maybe I'm going to fall in love with it all and uh, become a regular and try and get a, a, a ticket every week. Is that enough for you, Serene? You're, you're now a bona fide Arsenal fan from that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll say anything for the camera. But look here, no, you must just come down to my boots, my sh shoes. You see, I don't know if you know what these are. These are rainbow laces, and, and your team's worn them. I know the, the, in support of LGBT uh, fans and, and indeed players, there must be some LGBT players. We're, we're waiting for them to come out and declare themselves. Uh, but so I'm here uh, supporting that initiative. Fantastic. We've heard your voice in the live adaptation of Beauty and the Beast this year. Where, yes. where will we see you or hear you next? Oh, well, you could walk to it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to support a little theatre in Finsbury Park, which is uh, uh, strapped for cash. So I'm going to give them a, a, a week of uh, solo performances and uh, they'll have a bit of money. And then I'm going to play King Lear by Shakespeare in Chichester. Uh, and then the rest of the time I'm uh, not doing much, which is why I can come here. And if you're at Finsbury Park, Surrey, and plenty of opportunities to come down the road and watch another Arsenal game. Exactly, not far away. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. Well,
that's full time on this week's summer show. Our thanks to Squadron Mustafi and Sir Ian McKellen for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can find us on Acast these days as well, so you've never got the excuse to miss another episode. We're back for the second summer podcast on Monday the 3rd of July. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.